Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 530th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston. To go all around the world of sports for one hour, to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call in number is 1 866 472 5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports, one word, dot com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, A.P. and Kelly, As We See It, heard around the Southeast and on Spotify and other platforms, and where they discuss the SEC, college football, and many other sports as well. Well, quite another weekend in college and NFL football. And I'm going to start with the local team right down the road here, uh, which is my bizarre story of the week, which is last night's Patriots loss to the Miami Dolphins. And it ended on just a crazy, crazy play. Can't make this stuff up. Uh, It was fourth down. And... They had been moving down the field and completed a pass to former Penn Stater Mike Gusecki. Uh, Mac Jones did, and Gusecki, uh, <clears throat> being a smart Penn Stater, realized he was going to get tackled short of the first down and contorted his body and was able to get off lateral to Cole Strange, thereby uh, setting up one of the strangest plays of the day and make it down is one of the strangest plays of the entire NFL season. Strange is a big offensive lineman. Of course, grabbed the lateral push forward, uh, fell down right at the first down marker. Most importantly, it was called on the field, a first down and then they reviewed it and the call was overturned and that was ball game. So just an absolutely crazy and disappointing ending. Uh, The script of this game followed uh, week one loss against the Eagles, which was the Patriots were basically slow starters, uh, where both the Eagles and the Dolphins built uh, significant leads. And then the Patriots make a comeback, and uh, then they couldn't get it done at the end two weeks in a row. So they're 0-2 for the first time since 2001. We may remember that year. That was their first of six Super Bowl victories and the year the Tom Brady era began. Uh, I've been a season ticket member for decades and uh, we'll never forget 2001 nor will any other uh sports fan and Patriots fan up here in New England, to put it mildly. That's what launched the dynasty. That was the tuck rule. I was at that game. I was at the Rams Super Bowl, the victory in the Superdome, the 9-11 Super Bowl. And uh, we all know the rest of the story. So again, uh, 0-2, two losses at home. Losing to the Dolphins last night, of course, a division opponent. And uh, so it is uh, not off to a great start this year in Foxborough. If you want to look for the positives, it would simply be that despite their slow starts, they've showed some gumption and haven't quit. And they have come back in both games to basically take them down to the final drive. And again, uh, on the penultimate plays... 
in both of these final drives. They just simply could not get it done on offense. They had the ball in their hands with chances to win and or tie. And, uh, and again, it just was not meant to be. So, uh, Sunday night game for all the nation to see, uh, watching the local news here in Boston, all the disappointed fans heading out. Uh, the first half was so bad. They the Patriots were literally booed off the field. Um, something you don't see much of over the past 20 plus years in Foxborough. That's for sure. I've been to countless games and, uh, you could count on one hand the times that's happened over the past 23 years. I guess it would be 22. So, uh, yeah. So the Belichick needs to rally the troops and, uh, you know, get them on board to, uh, you know, number one, get off to, you know, better starts in these games. And, uh, and you know, they need to turn this thing around. Yeah. Owen two. I, I think I saw a graphic last night that if you're losing your first two games at home to start zero and two, I'm not sure that anyone's ever made the playoffs uh, in the NFL. And if there is anybody, it, it's few and far between, if not even a handful. But I think it was nobody's ever done it. So uh, that does not bode well. And uh, but. Thousand miles south of here, another team I follow very closely, uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. That's my highlight of the week because the Bucks won their second straight game to start the season in the post Tom Brady era. With quarterback Baker Mayfield looking like uh, you know a worthy successor at the moment, um, had a good passing day again. Um, and of course, week one, they went out and beat the Vikings in Minnesota and held serve back at Ray J, Raymond James Stadium, beating the Bears. Uh, and the defense looked good, and Mike Evans looked good, and Baker Mayfield uh, is also looking good. And let's keep in mind, and I've touched on this before, that, you know, there's a lot of talent on the Bucks because they uh, sold out to bring in Brady. They won a Super Bowl and uh, and brought, surrounded him with a lot of talent, much of which is still there. So none better than Shaq Barrett, uh, the linebacker who had a tremendous uh, pick six yesterday, dedicated it to his daughter who unfortunately passed away earlier this year. So it was very emotional say the least, Todd Bowles, the coach, may have been as emotional as I can ever remember him being, uh, reacting to the Shaq Barrett uh, interception. So it was really uh, some pretty special stuff down there. And uh, going to be fun to follow the Bucks yeah, again. Um, Baker Mayfield, he's, you know, a fascinating player since winning the Heisman and uh, being out at Oklahoma and all that. So uh, gutsy player and it's going to be fun to see, uh, you know, how they do. But, you know, so far, so good. They're two and oh, so it doesn't get much better than that, to say the least. And uh, so, yeah, uh, I'm sure people down in Tampa are pretty excited Uh because everybody, as you would expect, and I spent a lot of time down there, uh, you know, the, we're not looking with optimism in the post-Brady era, but, uh, you know, Bucks went out, got Baker Mayfield, and we'll see what develops from here. But, again, promising start. Don't forget last year the reason they even made the playoffs. Uh, I think they had a 9-8 and eight record, if not an 8-9 and nine record, is they're in a weak division. So, uh so that's to their advantage. And my low light of the week was Russell Wilson of the Broncos completing a Hail Mary versus the Washington Commanders uh, to draw within two. And it was a classic Hail Mary. I mean, it was awesome. And R Russell unleashed it. But then uh, they failed on the two-point conversion to tie the game. So I don't know that it gets much more deflating than that. 
to, uh, again, complete a Hail Mary to draw within two and then not be able to at least tie the game is, uh, you know, j just about as disappointing as it gets, hence my low light. Other good games yesterday, uh, you know, Ravens-Bengals, the Bengals are 0-2, two division losses, and maybe that's the stat I was thinking, that maybe no team has ever started with two division losses and made the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, Joe Burrow looked like he might be hurt yet again, following up what I believe was a hamstring that he had in uh, the preseason. They lost to the Browns in week one, lost to the Ravens. Great game yesterday, to say the least. Uh, Red Zone was cooking yesterday. Um, the Seahawks beat the Lions up in Detroit. Probably one of the best Lions crowds in recent memory. Uh, they've just been waiting to see the Lions, who opened the season, of course, by beating defending champion Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, but the Seahawks, you know, there's a team with no fear, with Pete Carroll as their coach. And uh, just a great game, great back and forth, to say the least. And speaking of back and forth and what was just a, an amazing comeback, the New York Giants, after being beaten 40 to nothing by the Cowboys uh, in week one on Sunday night football for all the world to see, uh, they were down big early to the Cardinals in Arizona. And... Uh, and then um, here came the Giants, and they just pecked away at the lead and finally, uh, you know, were able to pull it out with, you know, uh, some decent time on the clock. So they were able to work. Saquon Barkley uh, was looking amazing, although it appeared he might have a, a – little bit of an injury of sorts that didn't look good but yet there appeared to be some optimism uh <clears throat> we shall see uh how that develops but he was uh kind of all over the field yesterday to say the least and uh so yeah all credit to the giants um for coming back they were staring oh and two right in you know right in the face and losing to the cardinals who uh, let's just say there are not high expectations for the Cardinals. and uh, But the G-men uh, rallied and got it done. Um, speaking of New York football, the Jets lost to the Cowboys yesterday in the week of Aaron Rodgers' Achilles tear. Uh, Zach Wilson was the quarterback, and the Cowboys looked good. Micah Parsons. Yet another Penn Stater, speaking of Saquon Barkley, um, looked great. The Cowboys looked great. Uh, and so they handled the Jets, as you would expect they would do, uh, out in Dallas uh, in the wake of Aaron Rodgers' just devastating injury. Uh, you know, so sad. Uh, you say what you will about Aaron Rodgers. He was the storyline of this NFL season from the moment he went to the Jets. He was such a good soldier from day one uh, in every way possible, good teammate. And then to have him go out with uh, on the fourth play of the game, fourth play of the season for that matter, for him. And just, you know, it really was just sad for the NFL. No other way to say it. And, uh, so uh, we'll see where the Jets go from here. But they did win that game uh, week one uh, against the Bills. So, uh, so they had one in the bank. But again, uh, lost to the Cowboys yesterday. So now let's take our break. And next up is our call-in expert, A.P. Stedham co-host of the popular weekly syndicated show, AP and Kelly, As We See It, heard around the Southeast and on Spotify and other platforms where they discuss the SEC conference, college football, and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. 
Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. As humans, we suffer when we believe we are not good enough. We are taught we must be better, look better, try harder, and achieve more. We cope with the stress and disappointment of life in ways that make us feel worse and keep us stuck in a cycle of unworthiness. We don't have to live this way. You don't have to live this way. Kirsten and her guests will share how self-acceptance and unconditional self-love can help you break this cycle and find freedom. Listen to Giraffe Tango Octopus Freedom for Humans with Kirsten Johansson, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call in number is 1 866 472 5788. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call in expert, AP Studham calls in, and AP is the co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, AP and Kelly, As We See It, heard around the Southeast and on Spotify and other platforms, where they discuss the SEC, college football, and many other sports as well. And AP, how you doing today? Hey, John, doing well. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you so much for calling in, as always, and you had a a big weekend down in Florida where you went to the, and covered, the Alabama at University of South Florida uh, game at Ray J, Raymond James Stadium, where the Tampa Bay Bucks play, and you got to see the Bears and the Bucks on Sunday, so two days in a row at Ray J, and... uh, AP, I'll tell you, USF, University of South Florida, they gave uh, Alabama all they can handle. That's for darn sure. Yeah, they sacked the quarterback, Alabama quarterback, six times, John. So, wow. You can win at the line of scrimmage, then you have a chance. And uh, you stifled their offense, uh, what was it, three to three at halftime? And they were struggling, and, and South Florida moved the ball enough to. to uh, Keep Alabama's offense on the sideline as well, but they ended up scoring a couple of touchdowns and winning in the end. But Alabama's a team in trouble because they don't have a quarterback established right now, and the offensive line with all the five-star recruits, uh, they don't seem to be interested in blocking. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the game felt like it was, you know. 3 nothing and 3-3 three, three for most of the game. And then Alabama sort of pulled away at the end. I don't know if I'd call it pulling away. But, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of just it's something we're not used to seeing. I think 
Alabama is now ranked, uh, at least in one poll I saw, maybe 12, 13, something like that. They're out of the top 10 for sure. Right. And AP, right. I think it's their lowest ranking in forever, you know, many, many years, especially yeah, under yeah, Nick Saban. Sure, yeah, so many we can't remember. Exactly, exactly. Can you remember it? We're just so used to seeing them, you know, in the top 10, top five, and very often just occupying number one. And it's almost like habit. And to, to not see them there is really, uh, it's taken some getting used to here. Um, but AP, so how was the scene? I mean, the USF, uh, I watched a lot of the game on TV, and USF fans had you know, had a lot of reason to make noise, and they did. And Alabama had a nice contingent there, too, it appeared. Yeah, it was a mixed crowd, and South Florida fans showed up in big numbers for them. I think the, it was over 60,000. That was one of their better attended ball games. No doubt. Their, their, yeah, their quarterback was mobile, gave Alabama some trouble, some long runs, and eluded the defensive line in the pocket, made some positive yards, uh, but they just couldn't put it in the end zone. And like I said, they fumbled one near their goal line, and hey, that gave Alabama some points. So they were fortunate there was that turnover. Yeah. Right. Oh, no doubt about it. Absolutely. Well, AP, I mean, it's as big time a college football game has been played uh, in – a long time down in down the Tampa area. I mean, you know, Florida knows it's football, and they just had the what Florida State LSU game that you were at just a yeah, couple of weeks Orlando. ago right. in, in Orlando, and this was right down the road in Tampa, right down I four, and um, so it was just great to see you know South Florida show up. It really was, you know. Um, to really make a game of it and give everybody their money's worth and just get, you know, just show how important football is that even, you know, we all know about the big three in the state of Florida, Miami, Florida state and the Gators. Uh, but you mix in UCF, which is also has a very strong program for a number of years. And, and then you see a performance by USF and, you know, it just gets you excited. It really does. Uh, it just have to keep it going now. Do do yes, do the bulls? Yes, yeah, the, the bulls. They have a chance, John. Since Central Florida is now in the Big Twelve, they have a chance to take command of the American Athletic Conference. They get some recruiting and uh, some players in there. So that's, I, I think that's a window for them. I totally agree. Exactly. UCF was, you know, they were both in the American since its inception. Uh, conference you and I have covered since its inception. And uh, so, yeah, they suddenly have kind of the, the stage to themselves, if you will, um, in a manner of speaking. And, uh, and yeah, so what better way to kind of, you, you know, get the fan base excited in the Gulf Coast of Florida than, uh, you know, going toe-to-toe with Alabama. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, no matter what. No. Uh, they're still Alabama. They might be not off to their best start, but they're still Alabama. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's very exciting. It really is because they, uh, for those of you who might not know, USF uh, has just recently approved some new facilities in their campus, which is in the in Tampa, the city of Tampa, although uh, sort of, shall we say, uh, right on the border of the suburbs. But, you know. There's a lot to like. I always remember, I always associate USF AP because in 2009 for the Steelers Cardinals Super Bowl, that's where the Steelers practiced, was at the USF campus. So that was my first visit there, and I've been there many times since. Uh, but I think they're building an on campus stadium. Uh, yeah, it was just yeah, approved yeah, recently. Okay. I, I, yeah. I had a chance to speak to the director of athletics, Michael Kelly. We've known each other for some years. Um, you know, Michael was the chief financial officer of the Cosmo Playoff, so he's the athletic director there. So he was discussing with me the plans, and so they're excited, of course, naturally. Absolutely. Yes, it was a big deal. I was down in Tampa when that was actually approved, which is just months ago. 
not all that long ago whatsoever. And, uh, and yeah, so it was, uh, yeah, so I would say things are looking up. I mean, the way they played on Saturday is a definite stepping stone and perhaps even a foundation to get that program redirected in the, in the right direction, a launch, shall we say. Yes. And so, I mean, that's a, Tampa's in a nice city, and there's plenty yes. of all players in the state. And exactly and right. So, uh, you know, you get the right coaching staff and leadership, you can, you can have some winning teams there, I think. They've had, totally. they've had in the past. Yeah, it's talent and rich. Yeah, they have in the recent past, actually. Uh, just going back four, five, six years ago, and uh, talent rich Florida. So, AP, even if you're not getting the quote, creme de la creme of the Florida talent, you know, the players behind the creme de la creme are really, really talented. So they tap into that and they're going to be, uh, you know, uh, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. So I'd say all signs are pointing up for the University of South Florida Bulls and uh, bring some big time college football to the Gulf Coast. I think it'd be awesome. That's for sure. Right, right. And AP, I have to ask you about the weather. I mean, classic Florida, it got so dark, uh, you know, on TV. And I can only imagine what it was like there. They suspended the game and then they resumed and the sun was shining. Just a classic Florida type of game. (laughs) Right. Yeah, there was was the lightning within a mile of the stadium, so that's why they had to postpone to play the game, and then it started up again around 5.30 Eastern time. Exactly, exactly, but when they finally got back on board, there was the sun shining, but I I, I won't soon forget how dark it was right before they called it. It was like a night game suddenly. It was crazy, and I'm sure it was crazier being there in person. Yeah, the rain came down. You could see the puddles on the field. And I was wondering if the sod would absorb that much water, but it did. Yeah, well, it's a nice stadium, and it's built for, uh, you know, for the heavy rains that uh, only Florida gets. Um, well, AP, great description of your experience down there covering that game. Awesome, of course, uh, but it's time for our first break so why don't we uh take that now and we still have a lot more to get to on the other side so don't go anywhere voice america is on your favorite smart speaker if you have alexa or google home go ahead and give us a try hey alexa play finding your frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Variety Channel. Headquarters gave the orders and we're shipping out. Our objective is Operation Big Game. Leading the revolution with Jim and Trav's hunting campaign will be Captain Steve West from Steve's Outdoor Adventures, plus Sergeant Dean Capuano with Swarovski Optic Quest, and first class culinary specialist Brian Tucker of High Mountain Seasonings. The revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show voice america listeners welcome back to segment three of all around sports and i am your host john inglesby to join the show a call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, A.P. and Kelly, As We See It, heard round the southeast and on Spotify and other platforms where they discuss the SEC college football, and many other sports as well. And AP, in the previous segment, we discussed the USF Alabama great game that you covered in Tampa on Saturday. And uh, you were right back there at Raymond James Stadium for the Bucks bears game. And that was also a fascinating game to cover as well. So we're looking forward to hearing all about it. Back to back. Yeah, John, you know, that was my first time seeing Baker Mayfield in person, I believe. Really? And he has a, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think I've seen him before in person. And he was very impressive because his arm strength and velocity, and the authority he threw the ball was at the highest level. And I was so uh, intrigued by his style of play because can elude the tackle, and he's a stocky quarterback, not not tall, but he has the physical stature to uh, move away from the tackle, and somebody's trying to grab him with one arm, I mean, he just shoves him aside and make a play, but I, I just liked him in the pocket and his presence, and he had a command of the offense and where to throw the ball, and it was precise and accurate. Yeah, like I say, pocket presence and poise. And, and of course, Michael Evans, a big receiver, particular oh, yeah. receiver. And he made a lot of plays with the yards after the catch. At one point, he had 165 yards. I think he got five catches, which is an average of, what, 33. And I don't know what his final total was, but he, he's still a very good player. Oh, very much so. Absolutely. Um, and Baker Mayfield, AP, may have made the play of the game when he recovered that fumble. <laughs> you know, I mean, he he was getting down down in there, shall we say, and uh, you know covered that ball up nicely, and that could have been a turning point. But he, he you know, he was all over it uh, when a teammate fumbled, and that was just very impressive. But but that's kind of his mo. He's you know uh, he's not afraid to get down in the dirt. That's the way I've always no. viewed him, and he certainly showed it yesterday. Shaq Barrett, you know, I believe. Yeah. Sha- Shaq right. Barrett made the interception. Highly emotional yeah. moment. 
where he dedicated uh, it to his daughter, who young daughter who unfortunately passed away earlier this year. And AP, the emotion on the Tampa Bay sideline was palpable when Coach Todd Bowles it may have been as excited and emotional as I've ever seen him. And so it's a moment that will long be remembered for sure for all involved and everybody who was there. Uh, Yeah. So no, it it was something else. That's for sure. Um, Just such a sad story to say the least. Uh, So great to see him make such a play like that and then dedicate it to his daughter. Right. Right. Yeah, it was an excellent ball game. Good win for Tampa at home. Big win. Like Big said, win. I, yeah. No, I, I, th- I think it was great. I'm glad you, you certainly got your money's worth uh, for, for your weekend in uh, Florida. Um, you know, a twofer. <laughs> Two games in the same stadium in the span of 24 hours. That's pretty good. If not less, yeah. like more like 20 hours. Um, <laughs> yeah. And AP, it's a nice setup. I've been to Ra- Raymond James on a few occasions, and uh, it's a great setup there, great stadium, surrounded by massive fields for parking and everything. It literally sits right beside the New York Yankees spring training facility. Uh, so in the spring, you, you, you park at the Buck Stadium when you're going to a Yankee spring training game, which I've done often. So it's just a really cool setting down there, and uh, glad you got to spend the weekend there. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, John. I was familiar with the stadium, having been there for the, I guess the Super Bowl there a few years back and some other Tampa Bay games. So yep. I, I was able to maneuver and navigate uh, around the stadium. That was fun. Yes, you were at the same media day as me in 2009, Steelers-Cardinals Super Bowl. And I, earlier in the first segment, I said that's where, uh, you know, that's where the Steelers practiced was at University of South Florida campus for that Super Bowl, and uh, and yeah, so it's it's a great spot. Two college football playoff games, John. Remember we had the college football playoff as well. I think. Correct. You're exactly right. I think that was Clemson and Alabama, if I remember correctly, right? Yes. Yeah. It was kind of a cool in January for Tampa. It was. It was. I remember that. Um, and AP, speaking of, you know, fascinating football, uh, nothing was more fascinating than that spectacular triple overtime. Colorado pulling it out against all odds to beat Colorado State. Again, triple overtime out in Boulder. It went to something that sounds like 1, th- 1 2 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, but I'm sure a lot of people stayed up for that one because it was impossible to turn away from that game, no doubt about it. Yeah, the Colorado, they captured the nation's attention. Totally. They have talented players. I mean, we have a good quarterback. You know you've got a chance to win, and they've got speed on the perimeter. They have some defensive back. The is very good one of the better ones in the country. So you can oh, yeah. guard the other team's best wide receiver. Uh, maybe not shut him down, but you can win some of those 50-50 balls. And uh, they beat Colorado State. That's a rival. It can, you know, can't be a rival. It's in-state team. So now it's on to the Pac-12. and They're going to go up to Oregon, which is a very tough place to win on the road. They're going to face Bo Nix and the Oregon Ducks. And that is a game to get excited about, AP. Yes. You know, that that game has sizzle. The way Colorado is simply the story of college, of this year's college football season thus far, hands down. Nothing else is even close, quite frankly. They own the stage. And... Uh, and then Oregon is Oregon, you know. They're just, uh, you know, they're flashy uniforms. The whole story, we all know it quite well. And uh, and that that is just a, a real matchup with some sizzle, to say the least. So the, the Colorado is going to be back, you know, back in the spotlight again this weekend. Oh yeah, they they they're going to play USC. I think it's the next ball game. I believe uh, that's a home game for them. Wow. 
AP, that could, yeah, that, that could be the game of the year for the first half of the season. It really could be USC and Colorado. If Colorado gets by Oregon, um, that'll make it all that more fascinating, to say the least. Right. But yeah. So, yeah, they could be down, so let's, let's see what they do against Oregon, and, and then USC is on the ride, and the two tough ball games, two of the better programs in the, the Pac-12 uh, at the moment. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Um, well, AP, we've come to the end of our second segment together, uh, so why don't we take our break now? Still a lot more to get to on the other side, so don't go anywhere. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Millions of people do not have children. Around the world, becoming a parent may be an unrealized dream and increasingly a deliberate choice. Yet our experiences remain largely unacknowledged across cultures, families, and friendships. Unconscious bias in public and workplace policy, media narratives, and educational content often renders us invisible. New Legacy Radio reveals these missing stories through the perspectives of our community and allies as we work to achieve meaningful change that recognizes our true and diverse experiences. New Legacy Radio. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. All who live face a time of passing. Is death the end or will souls enter an afterlife? Have you ever wondered about historical figures and what they would say if they were alive today? Psychics and authors Barry and Connie Strom will use their gift of spirit communication to answer questions and channel spirits concerning the hereafter. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Barry and Connie Strom at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. We're America listeners. Welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, A.P. and Kelly, As We See It, heard around the Southeast and on Spotify and other platforms, where they discuss the SEC, college football, and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tonight's Pittsburgh Steelers Cleveland Browns game at 8.15 p.m. Uh, Steelers looking to bounce back from uh, the drubbing. Uh, they were handed at, at home in week one but from uh, by the San Francisco 49ers. And lest we forget, the Browns and Steelers is an ancient and fabulous rivalry. It's kind of got had its ups and downs in recent years, but it's always a game worth tuning into. Trust me, I've been to a couple in person at uh, down in Pittsburgh, and there's uh, it's right there. Nothing quite like uh, Browns-Steelers, trust me. Uh, and something else that there's nothing quite like at AP is Florida, Tennessee, and Florida. Easily, Florida just ambushed Tennessee in the swamp. And I actually went to a Florida, Tennessee game 
decades ago, my first time ever in the swamp, and it was special, and it's still special. And AP, easily the biggest win of Billy Napier's young career at Florida, as in beginning of the second season. Yeah, John, he opened up his career being in Utah at home last year, and then they had a bad first game. They couldn't run the football against Utah. Um, I think it was Salt Lake this year. And Tennessee, the mighty strong last year, had a great season. Orange Bowl uh, champion, helping defeat Clemson. And here's the Florida Gators. They're stumbling around. They're looking for a quarterback. They're running game. And it all came together for them. Um, as they defeated the, the arch rival Tennessee. Yes, uh, AP. It was as rocking as we've seen the as we've seen the swamp in a while. I mean, it was really just an electric atmosphere. You know, the commentators were talking about it pretty much nonstop and with good reason. Uh, but yeah, again, they they just. Did not play well in that first game, just put it mildly. And uh, when they got beat by Utah, out in Utah. and uh, But, you know, they bounced back in a big way, to say the least. Graham Mertz, uh, the new quarterback for the Gators. And I believe he transferred from Wisconsin, if I have that correct, AP. That's right, Wisconsin, correct. I was blown away, like, by how emotional he was. He, he's like, you know, he's clearly beloved by his teammates, for sure. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, he was just so emotional and uh, showing himself to be a true leader. And, again, Tennessee coming off the great year they had last year. And, you know, Joe Milton, good quarterback. Uh, but again, the Gators just ambushed him on a Saturday night in the swamp, and that place was ele- as electric as I can remember seeing it in a few years. Yeah, John, I mean, I knew Joe Milton III would not be as good as Hendon Hooker. Mm-hmm. But I thought him being there three years, he would have a good season. But right. uh, he can't play right. deep. He can't play defense, but he's got to get that offense rolling. I don't, I don't think their passing game is all that sharp at the moment. Tennessee. Exactly. No, they they've got a ways to go, and uh, you know. And they so, didn't run the ball well, correct? Right? They didn't run it very well. No, again, no. Florida just came to play on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, and really, uh, again, I've been to another. I went to a Florida LSU night game at the Swamp. Again, back in the day, and uh, there's. <laughs> Uh, really, the swamp on a Saturday night, <laughs> when the, you know, is one of the great, great venues in all of college football, to say the least. And uh, so, yeah, that, that that was really great theater, I thought. Uh, and speaking of great theater, AP, you know, Georgia at home against South Carolina and Spencer Rattler. And South Carolina, you know, pretty much owned the first half, something we are, have not seen in a few years, Georgia being owned by anybody for even any amount of time, let alone an entire half. But Kirby Smart got them ready. They come out, and, you know, they certainly played better and ultimately won, but they they didn't dominate. So South Carolina gave them all they could handle, and that was a wild score when I first saw it, you know, yeah. uh, in the second quarter or whatever, and South Carolina was ahead. Yeah, that was surprising, no question, especially George at home. And Spencer Correct. Rattler in South Carolina, you know, they nine sacks, the opening game against North Carolina. So you were fearful that the Gamecocks wouldn't be able to block well enough to get Spencer Rattler uh, started in the passing game. But um, the, those first, the first half, whatever, they're leading 14-3. to three, You're thinking this could be upset alert, but. Georgia came back on them and won the ball game by, by double digits. They did, yes, once they kind of, you know, got over the hump. I mean, they come out, and I think they scored on their first possession of the third quarter. So uh, I'm guessing Kirby Smart had some choice words at the uh, halftime locker room. <laughs> and, uh, sure. and, yeah, and they come out and got it done. Um, and AP, another uh, – Good game that I, of course, uh, 
had an interest in was Penn State. They they took care of business in beating Illinois out in Champaign uh, to open the Big Ten, their Big Ten conference schedule. And Penn State is right. hosting a whiteout this Saturday night against Iowa, always a quality program. Uh, you were at the whiteout, uh, was it last year or two years ago against Auburn? Yeah, two years ago against two Auburn, it was a whiteout, sure was. Yes. Right. Nothing quite like it in all of college football. You talk no, about no, great atmospheres, and I, I went to the yeah, and I was at the 2019 whiteout uh, against Michigan, a uh, game that went down to the final play of the game that Penn State won, uh, and so yeah, that'll be good. And but the marquee game coming up this weekend, AP. Uh, well, we already talked about you know uh, Colorado and Oregon, but. The game that you know gonna get getting talked about a lot, of course, Ohio State at Notre Dame. I mean that that that's the ultimate two blood blue bloods in a yeah. iconic venue. I mean, so that's going to be fun. 7 p.m. Saturday night. Yeah, John. I mean, I'm a big believer in Sam Hartman. Yes, he, me too. He really changed the fortunes for Notre Dame, I think, because you don't have to have the best receivers, John, but if you have the top quarterback and um, receivers that catch the football and the tight end. They usually have a good tight end, Notre Dame, offensive line, oh, yeah. blocks well, and some running backs. That's a dangerous team, that Notre Dame with Sam Hartman, because uh, no lead is, is ever safe, I don't think, with him, because he's been there for five, six years now and thrown for 10, 12,000 yards. Um, I think he has one of the records now for touchdowns, doesn't he, I think? I think he does. Yeah, I so think you're right about that. He's a sensational player. He's a sensational player. And oh, then no doubt. We know great Ohio leader. State. We know Ohio. Yeah, we know Ohio State has tremendous receivers, Marvin Harrison Jr. and um, his counterpart there. But the quarterback now is is getting in a groove. Right. Ohio State, and just just get them the ball. Just get the receivers the ball. You'll be fine. No doubt about it. It's going to be a great one, AP, to say the least. Uh, well, AP, hard to believe we've come to the end of our show together. Great talking football with you, especially the two games you covered down in Tampa over the weekend. And uh, as always, we appreciate your expertise and taking the time to call in. Hey, thank you so much, John. It's my pleasure. And thank you again, AP. And as always, Thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.